0: Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. All
1: right, folks, happy Wednesday. We're getting close. We can see the weekend in the whites of our eyes. Uh, It's hotter and blazes in Texas. Why? Because it's summertime. This is the third installment of uh, the, the series I've been doing on climate change, what I call the climate lie. We did Green By Any Means a little over a month ago. We did the energy debate there a couple of weeks ago. And what we're looking at is trying to debunk and effectively take apart what is being put out is the, the climate change alarmist theory that if we don't go 100% non-fossil fuels in nine years, we're going to die. And it's a bunch of bunk. Today, I've got a very special guest with us, Mr. Gregory Wrightstone, who is the founder of the CO2 Coalition. He's also the author of Inconvenient Facts, uh, Little Things That Al Gore Doesn't Want You to Know About Climate Change. And uh, I want to welcome to the show, Greg Wrightstone. How are you doing today, Greg?
2: Oh, really good. Good to be on with you, Darren.
1: I got to tell you, in our in our pre in our preamble, I can already tell you, you're the kind of guy that that I'm going to enjoy having, and we're going to have some fun. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to this point, and tell us about your organization, the CO2 Coalition, and and what it stands for.
2: You know, I'm a geologist. I, I worked in industry for most of my career, and then about six years ago, I started going in looking into climate change because I got interested because. I knew that some of what we were being told about climate change was just wrong based on my knowledge as a geologist and a scientist. Uh, I suspected other things were wrong. So this really started out as a search for the truth for me. And as I got into it, this search for the truth revealed that just virtually everything we're being told by Uh, The Al Gore's of the world and and those promoting this climate catastrophe are just incorrect or exaggerated. Uh, Misinformation is rampant. I started looking at one item after another and found that the science, the facts, and the data just did not support their contention of, for example, increasing drought and heat waves and fires and just hurricanes, tornadoes, you name it. Uh, And it, it angered me. It really did. Um, there's been a rampant corruption of the scientific process here. And it was, it was this that uh, led me to write this book. There are a lot of climate change books out there, but um, this one has really struck a nerve with people. Uh, We published it it actually three and a half years ago. And and we were still, we've been number one bestseller on Amazon for most of that time. It was as, as of two weeks ago, uh, the book was still a number one bestseller in two categories. And, of course, it didn't help that conservative commentator uh, Candace Owens came out two weeks ago and endorsed the book. She On her podcast, she held yeah. the book up and said, this book has changed everything I believe about climate change. And then she went on to say, every child in America needs to read this book. Absolutely. I was just blown away. I said, Why don't wow. you go ahead so, and give that, um, that site out
1: right now? Let's just get that out of the way. For what's that? Go ahead and give out the site for that book.
2: Um, inconvenientfacts.xyz. Uh, you yeah. can find it on Amazon. A lot of people buy it on Amazon. So just look for Inconvenient Facts. We've got a smartphone app as well. You can find that at Google Play or App Store Um just search for inconvenient facts we've we've had more than a hundred thousand downloads already it's a free app uh, it's got all my 60 inconvenient facts got wonderful fully sourced and referenced charts uh, that are easy for laymen you don't have to be a scientist to understand them um, and it's 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 a great thing to have you can have you can't carry a book with you everywhere but you can carry these these charts and facts have it in the palm of your hand whenever somebody tells you well if you if you're having dinner out with, with your brother and he's got his idiot, your idiot nephew, Billy, is there with him. And Billy says, hey, Uncle Darren, did you know polar bears are going extinct? And you can well, out the phone and go, wait a minute. Here's fact number 52 showing 60 years of polar bear population, Billy. And, Billy, and you can show him, Billy's like, well, what's the source? And you can go, well, here's the source. And, and you can learn more about it. You can find out that polar bears are actually thriving. There are more today than there have been in 60 years yeah. um, and things like that. So it's a powerful tool. Uh, everybody's got a nephew, Billy, I think. But I've I, I got, do.
1: I've got, I've got a few of them, but we don't call them Billy, but we won't put that on air.
2: All right. All right. Um, and, and so then i I was invited uh, to join the CO2 coalition. I was not the founder. I'm executive director right now. Okay. okay. Um, we're we've got 70 or more of the top scientists in the world some just truly stellar uh climate scientists physicists we got will happer who is a, a eminent physicist uh, from from princeton phd uh, dick lindsen again an astrophysic physicist climate physicist uh, out of out of mit you might have seen Pat, dr patrick moore who has a new book out as well he was a an ex-co-founder of Greenpeace. Uh, we can go on and on with these, just a litany of, of some of the top scientists we have at the, at the CO2 coalition. So we we try and stay away from the politics, although it's hard to with the subject matter. It's, uh, it's we like, unavoidable. We, we, our strength is in the science yeah. and using the science to say they're telling you X and the science and the facts say Y and we, can, we, we stipulate it, and, and we've done, we're, my goal here, uh, like many scientists, a lot of our, they're brilliant people, but they're not gifted in communications, and, and uh, they, I'm, I'm trying to bring this outreach to the public, uh, to the public, to bring the science, make it understandable uh, to the general public, and that's, that, that's why I thank you for having me on here to, to go ahead and present the science, the facts, and the data that say, no, there is no climate crisis.
1: Not only that, there's just the opposite. I'll tell you what caught, I mean, it, and I almost, I felt stupid after I read it. I caught a tweet that uh, one of your members had on about NASA's findings of the planet being greener, meaning we can grow more, we've got, need less water. Um, and I started thinking, you know what, back Way back when I was a kid, I learned about photosynthesis in school. And what do they have to have for those plants to do photosynthesis? they got to have carbon dioxide. And all of a sudden, I felt like the biggest jackass for not going in through. And so And I've, I've known there's something wrong with this, but I didn't have all the facts to fight it. And when I read that, that's when I, when I reached out to your organization. I said, you know what? Because everything else out there is a drumbeat for. They want to change how we're going to do energy in the United States, which I think is going to be a catastrophe. They want to change global energy. And I don't think it has anything to do with with uh, CO2 emissions. I think it is to control energy and control your life. That's my personal opinion.
2: What are yeah, you finding see, out with, with your organization? One of, one of the things we talk about at the CO2 Coalition are the many benefits of mainly CO2, but I'm a big proponent of combining that with the modest warming. Bear in mind, we've only... Yes. Are we in a warming trend? Yes. There's no doubt about it. We can see. But it started 300 years plus years ago, 300 plus years ago, long before we started adding a lot of CO2 to the atmosphere. That occurred in the middle of the 20th century and we started ramping it up. So the first 250 years of that warming had been entirely naturally driven. And we're being asked to believe, well, yeah, but that all changed about 1950. No, it didn't those same natural forces that were acting since the late 18th century, late 17th century, actually uh, are still in action today. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and so we, yes, we're in a warming trend. And at the CO2 coalition, we see this warming, modest warming of a little less than a degree since 1900 for crying out loud. We see warming more than that between noon and 2 PM every day. well, Okay, well, okay. So we've warmed. We're in a warming trend. Uh, what's that do for us? That, in the combination of CO two, is leading to an Earth's ecosystems uh, that are improving and thriving and prospering, and humanity's benefiting from this modest warming and increased CO two. Think about warming. What does that do for us? Uh, it means that we have longer growing seasons in the higher latitudes, killing frosts stop earlier in the spring and arrive later in the fall so we can get more plantings in, uh, more harvests. Uh, the, the CO2 is adding, like you just talked about, photosynthesis thrives. The more CO2, the more more food production. In fact, in my book, I capture uh, a chart by one of our members, Dr. Craig Idso, that did laboratory experiments on what a 300-part-per-million increase of CO2. Bear in mind, we're a little over 400 today. Adding 300 parts per million uh, in laboratory settings, he looked at the top crops in the world, uh, 75 of them, and, and adding that 300 parts per million means a 46 percent average increase in crop growth. 46 percent increase in crop growth. Nobody That's talks a about that. Good thing that is a thing that we should celebrate. Yeah. And 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 rejoice that. Thank God we need more CO2, not less. And we we, we look at things like this, and you talked about a greening of the earth. Uh, That's what I call the biggest untold story of the late 20th and early 21st century is this. uh, The warming combined with the CO2 is leading to this greening. In other words, greening is vegetation growth increase. And we see that um, uh, much of the earth is is increasing vegetation, less than 4% of the earth. Is seeing a loss of what they call browning instead of greening. Again, we should that should be celebrated. And it's it's in every single niche environment where we see it the most is in the are in the dry desert areas. Uh, That's for a number of reasons. A warming planet means there should be a slight increase in precipitation, uh, which is a good (laughs) thing.
1: But this is Greg, combined. I, I wanna I want to stop you there. We gotta take a quick break. Let's come back to that because okay. you showed some stuff on your side of things that are happening in the Sahara that are really absolutely incredible. Folks are listening to the Information Edge Podcast with Darren Yancey. Our special guest today is Greg Wrightstone with the CO2 Coalition and author of Inconvenient Facts. We're gonna take a quick break, pay a few bills, and we'll be right back.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com.
2: Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and
4: Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
0: You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Darren at DarrenYancey.com. Now, back to The Information Edge.
1: All right, folks, welcome back to The Information Edge podcast. I'm your host, Darren Yancey. Today, we have our special guest, Gregory Wrightstone, with the CO2 Coalition, author of Inconvenient Facts. Now, right before we took the break, you were starting to get into what I, I almost call some of the modern day miracles of what's happening right now. And I, when I put this out, because I also do a Friday broadcast with a partner on iHeart and we get into these issues. And the main reason I've been driving on this is because the amount of insane money that is wanting to be spent on infrastructure. And it is all basically a rollout of the Green New Deal. One of the biggest issues they'll come back and say, okay, maybe it's getting this, maybe it's getting that, but you're sacrificing the ice caps or you're sacrificing certain areas, rising oceans. What do you respond to that?
2: Well, we're not sacrificing anything. It, remember, we talked, we were, were in a warming trend. When you're in a warming trend, uh, ice glaciers retreat. Uh, that's what happens. We've seen it time and time again. Over the and I, what we have to do is put this in the long term perspective. Is what that's what I do as geologists. Uh, so is sea level rising? Yes. The key question is not is it rising? Is it accelerating? And it's not. And we can we can do that by looking at the best long term data we have are called tide gauges, uh, and they go back you now a century and a half or a couple, some three centuries. But a large number of these go back, oh. You know, 150 to 200 years. And we can see that that the sea level rise started in the mid-1800s. Now, remember I said we had 300 years of, of warming it started. right. So that warming started in the late 17th century. Actually, the, it was the, the depths of the, what was called the Little Ice Age, which occurred in the year 1695. So we've been warming uh, since then. But it only, it's interesting. The glaciers started retreating in the mid-1800s which then led to sea level rise. So why did it take that long for glaciers to start retreating if it was that if, if we were in a warming trend? That's because, bear in mind, in that late seventeenth century, it was some of the coldest we've seen over the last ten thousand years, and it took it took that hundred and fifty or so years of warming to get to the point where winter or summer ice loss exceeded winter ice accumulation. Once that occurred, that was what we'll call a tipping point. So then the glaciers started retreating. They're in the in the it middle of the 1800s, and we've seen it, it's been re, retreating about the same amount, and the sea the sea level's been rising at about the same rate. Now, bear in mind, we've had about eight inches of sea level rise since 1900. That's not doesn't sound too alarming to me. Uh, and if it continues at that rate, uh, it's going to take. 1500 years at that same rate to get to some of these projections of sea level rise And again we don't see any acceleration. Should we be be careful there are there things we can do of course if they're in some low level, low level areas and per, perhaps even along the east coast we have actually the land is subsiding faster than sea level is rising. Um, it's a geologic process we see uh, believe it or not that the glaciers that melted, uh, cause it's called isostatic I don't quote it in all the science it's called isostatic rebound. There's so much weight from thousands of feet of ice that it depressed right uh, the, the the and if you imagine uh, we'll throw let's say Oprah Winfrey in a in a waterbed <laughs> and you'll see when that when she gets in the middle the ba- the edges go up right and when and she then gets some. out and what we're seeing now is the glacier has has retreated those the boundaries are now subsiding slowly and um, and that's what we're seeing. So you, you have to, con- you, when we're talking about sea level rise, uh, relative sea level rise is one thing and that you have to combine both subsidence and sea level rise. So, uh, but yeah, there, there are things, it is are the polar ice cap, is the Northern polar ice cap receding? Yes, slowly. Uh, but it might you might be interested. know you could melt the entire polar ice cap, and it would scarcely do one thing at all for sea level rise. And why is that? That's Heads are exploding right now, by the way. Exploding, dead right. You can do that experiment at home with a jar, you know, glass of ice. Don't let the ice rest on the bottom of the glass. You can mark the, sea, the the level of water. When the ice melts, the level re- remains the same. And it's so it's only land-based glaciers uh that can contribute to that in fact i just are you can go to the co2 coalition i send out one email a week and my goal is to have something that when you get that email you go huh that's interesting i didn't know that and my email today that went out uh concerned antarctica and there was just there have been stories regularly about antarctica melting and that uh it's called the thwaites glacier they call it the doomsday glacier because it's it's terrible and we're all going to be overwhelmed with meters of sea level rise because Antarctica is melting. Well, all of those stories of our Antarctica melting are concerning the western Antarctica. It makes up about 15 or 20 percent of Antarctica. And is it melting? Yeah, a little bit. It's the only part of Antarctica that is. Why is it melting? Because it sits atop the west Antarctic uh, rift zone. It's one of the most highest heat flows on Earth. It's called nature's blowtorch, they say, because of all the volcanoes underneath the ice. So it has nothing. Yeah, they call it the doomsday glacier to get everybody in. Everybody's got to be living in fear. But it has nothing to do with global warming. It has nothing to do with man-made climate change. It has nothing to do with a warming atmosphere. It has everything to do with the heat flow coming from this volcanic rift system underneath it. So that's uh, going to happen. We'll tell regardless. you that. Yeah. But, and but, yeah, but you'll. You, you, Greg, here's, a, here's
1: a question. It's that's, that's kind of yeah. burning my mind. Let's go back to that, that small ice age where we started seeing the warming trend. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't that caused from a volcanic eruption? No, that was no, not the, caused.
2: Okay. No, it was, a it was exacerbated by a volcanic eruption. Okay. There was so the impact. Gotcha. Yeah. In fact, it was, it was the volcano. Lockie, Loki. Loki. Uh, if you've ever watched the history channel, uh, uh, episode on Vikings uh, there was a, a guy there named Loki he's he's a guy from Viking lore and it's named after him and it, it erupted um, and it it did bad, bad I mean it was already very cold and then it really got bad with with this and it was a it's called an effusive volcano it's not explosive in other words it it, it spews out lava and and what it does there's so much sulfur dioxide emitted in that type of eruption. You can see that like Kilauea, but there was so much sulfur dioxide and that's what blocks out the sun for years. It's that the, the, the sulfur dioxide um, and North America was thought to be some four or five degrees centigrade cooler the summer's over the next couple of years. It affected worldwide temperature. So it took things from bad to worse. And in fact, the Danish government, uh, this was in Iceland, uh, considered for a time. Evacuating the entire island of Iceland, it was just so bad. Um, So yeah, there was these these glacial events, the the, the little glacial events like this, the little ice age, the cooling periods. We're not we're not really sure why they happen. If we look, I like to. I'm I'm a big fan of looking over uh, the last four or five thousand years of human history and temperature history uh, to find out and, and look the relationship between humanity and civilization and temperature. And we find that there's a great, great correlation between the two that, uh, between the rise and fall of temperature and the rise and fall of civilizations. And and we find it's just opposite of what we're being told. Each of these, there were three major warm periods before our current one. And each one of those equated to uh, human prosperity and great civilizations rising up. And it was the cold periods, between those with the names like the Greek dark ages, the dark ages and the little ice age that were horrific. It was the cold periods that brought uh, crop failure, famine, pestilence and mass depopulation. just opposite of what we're being, we're being told fear the heat. We can't let it get a degree and a half or two degrees warmer or we're all gonna die and there's gonna be famine and, and it's gonna be awful. That's not what history tells us. History tells us just the opposite. Um, I mean we had the Minoan warm period, the Roman warm period and the medieval warm period. There's a reason the Romans wore togas by the way. It was, it was really high. warm and it was, but again civilizations and humanity prospered. The uh, North Africa was the breadbasket of, of the Roman Empire, uh, where it's mostly desert today. And uh, so how did well, we get down this
1: back? this path because you know like I said when I started reading your article and I and I went back and I and we're going to, have to come up on a hard break, so we maybe not get in this segment, but how did we get on this path of where this pathological media lie, which really it started before Al Gore. He just put it on steroids. How did we get from reasonable science to this absolutely media hysteria? And that's there's no other way to put it. It's media hysteria that if we don't do these things, that we are going to die, that the planet's going to dry up, all this garbage, and the facts say no, how did we get there?
2: Yeah, now, I'm asking that a lot. Basically, you're asking me why are they lying to us? Isn't that your question?
1: Well, okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to be nice about it. But yeah, why are they lying to us? Well,
2: I I get asked that a lot, and I, I well I'm going to tell you what I tell my hosts that interview me. Uh, you, Darren, are just as qualified as I am to tell me why they're doing it. I can arm you with the facts and the data that says this is what they're telling you and this yeah. is what the truth is. I can arm you with that, but you and every single one of your listeners are just as qualified as I am to say why they're doing it. We, I, know I hear, what is it? Is it control? Is it taxation? Is it destruction of capitalism, uh, tearing down of America? I don't know. I, I do know, though, that your listeners are being lied to about this about so many of these issues. And it's, it, it goes to the detriment of, of America. And we should probably, at some point, when you talk about um, China versus the United States here and, and what's going on with um, the policies that are being proposed and, and how China's benefiting greatly. And uh, President Xi right now has to be rubbing his hands together in glee, because uh, he would like nothing better than to bring down the American economic system and bring us down, and he he's doing it's it's happening. He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. All he has to do is stand back and and watch, and uh, American greatness will, will will disappear, and we'll be we'll be beholding. And we'll talk about that maybe in, in the, after the next break here uh, about how we're trading one dependence in the Middle East on oil who we finally got away from to another dependence. In Asia and China.
1: Yeah, it's 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 we're not doing some smart moves, but I have faith that the uh, American voters are going to make some changes and make some changes very soon. All right, folks, we're up against a hard break. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. Our special guest today, Greg Wrightstone of CO2 Coalition, excuse me, get my mouth working, the CO2 Coalition and author of Inconvenient Facts. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back
3: become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america are you finding
4: your frequency it can be described as that space between failure and success it's the future of digital media it's finding your voice it's engaging topics content and ideas
5: Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to the Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Darren at DarrenYancey.com. Now, back to The Information Edge.
1: All right, folks, welcome back. We have our special guest, Mr. Greg Wrightstone from the CO2 Coalition and author of the uh, Anti-Climate Alarmist Inconvenient Facts, One of the things that led me down this path that led me to your organization was um, I I focus on a lot of policies. I don't do, I don't tear things out of the headlines. I look at nuts and bolts and I cover things that I've been a lot of experience in, insurance and trucking and and done a lot in infrastructure. And the current infrastructure programs that are coming out right now that is being touted by the president and large segments of the House, the House Transportation Committee, Senate uh, Transportation Commerce Committee, is effectively a rollout of the green new deal and wanting to electrify the grid. And, and I know a significant amount of issues on that technology. I don't think EVs are the way of the future yet. They could be, maybe they are. Uh, we know we don't have enough power. If we flip the switch and everything was EV right now to power them, but they're talking about making trillions and trillions of dollars in infrastructure investments. And it's all based about one thing right now, that if we don't do it, we're going to have problems. At the same time, we know that the United States has got the largest reserves of coal on the planet. We lead in reserves. We've got the fifth largest reserves of natural gas. We have our energy independence, but we're not using them. So what do you see happening with some of the policies and some of the things being proposed right now on in infrastructure um, that are directly anti-CO2?
2: Well, we're yeah, you, you're right. It's all anti-CO2. It's yeah. all directed against CO2. They're all of these policies, anything dealing with climate change, their main goal is to restrict CO2 emissions. It's the demon molecule where we consider to be the miracle molecule that's that's leading to an earth that's thriving, prospering and greening. And mankind's benefiting from this. And so, yes, these policies, their goal is to make all fossil fuel sourced electricity generation sources and transportation uh, Extremely expensive. That way, it makes um, the renewables, the or I call them the unreliables, uh, makes them look affordable and attractive compared to that. And it's going to they want your gasoline prices to skyrocket, so your electricity, uh, your your Tesla or your Nissan Leaf or whatever you want to buy, uh, all of a sudden becomes more attractive to you. You don't have to be spending. $50 every four days to fill up your car or whatever it is. Um, and these are, you know, this this climate panel, right now it looks like the Republicans are saying, no, it's going to be what, like 1.2 trillion in the infrastructure and no, nothing related to climate. But on the other side, they're talking to Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, well, we'll do the rest of it, another 1.x trillion that we'll put the climate change stuff in and we'll do that under reconciliation that's that's the deal they're trying to do right now so
1: instead uh, of doing a bill just do it under reconciliation
2: yeah. well do the they'll do the infrastructure or clean infrastructure bill with no climate this is this is kind of what we're hearing uh, with no infrastructure and then the, then the Democrats are going oh yeah but by the way you know once once we get that we'll do another bill that we only need 50 votes for and we'll get it in under reconciliation. Uh, the Republicans say, I have to be very careful. Uh, the, the, but it's, again, it's all the intention here is to increase costs across the board for, for everybody. Uh, and, and then when you increase energy costs, that increased costs for every widget that's made in America, no matter what we do, transportation. And it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's crazy what they're trying to do. And again, what these are what I call a solution in search for problems. There is no climate crisis. There is no climate emergency. By almost every metric we look at, the Earth's ecosystems are improving and getting better. And humanity, again, by almost every metric we look at, crop production, life expectancy, uh, extreme weather, extreme weather related deaths are going down. Fires are not increasing across North America. We're 20% of what it was 80 years ago. Both number and area burned declined significantly. Uh, they're lying to you about droughts. Droughts are in decline, not increasing. Deserts are not expanding; they're shrinking. And the, the the science is stark and clear that the Earth is 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 improving, not going into one climate catastrophe after another. They're just they're lying. You're being lied to. And it's, it's my mission to expose these lies. And it's our mission at the CO2 coalition to get this information out there. So if you go to the CO2 coalition.org, um, if you're, if you like what you're hearing and you want to support it, uh, we're looking at putting billboard, my next billboard, I'm going to put up is, is scoot a little
1: be, bit to, uh, I guess your left. There we go. That's his billboard. He's got in Pennsylvania right now.
2: Yeah. 35,000 cars a day go past that. My next one's going to be, um, uh, Sleep well. There is no climate crisis. You know, just simple facts. Give people heads will be exploding, and I don't care. We got to get this. Got to get this information. Out well, there.
1: let me tell you one of the biggest emails I get. Uh, my partner gets them when we do this on Friday as well. Is a lot of folks that you know they're we'll call them good good souls with conscience. They go well. Well, maybe even if that's true, I'm I'm worried about the planet. The planet's going to go through, and and this is where messages from folks like yourself. With a science degree, going here's the here's the data. We don't have a climate problem. As a matter of fact, one of your slides grabbed my attention. That if they do everything that they're doing, we could actually be in a CO2 crisis level that could impact our ability to keep the planet green. Did I did I misinterpret
2: that slide? Yeah, no. You're, you're you're right about that. We've been a, in a, a 40 million year decline of carbon dioxide about 40 41 million years ago. Uh, cl- carbon dioxide was at about 2,600, 2,500 parts per million. Uh, we're at a little over 400 today. But at the end of the last ice age, uh, we got down to a, a dangerously uh, low level of 180 parts per million. Why is that dangerous? Because at 150, plant life can't survive. Oh, that's that scary. Been a, We nearly got there. It was the lowest CO2 levels. In Earth's history, it's believed to be, at least since the beginning of the, at the end of the Precambrian from now. So we, we reached, almost reached what I, that would be a true climate apocalypse if we ever got to that level. Uh, we've increased CO2 now, and we're seeing the many benefits of this increasing CO2. And uh, so, yeah, it got to extremely low levels. Uh, and bear in mind, CO2 levels throughout history have been driven it, it we're being told CO two is driving temperature right. That's what they're trying to tell us. Well, right. that's not what history tells us. If we look back, particularly, we can see that uh, over the last four hundred to eight hundred thousand years, the, the ice core data from Greenland tells us that 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 first temperature changed, and then CO two levels changed. And that's because the ocean is the main driver of carbon dioxide it's the big what they call a sink in other words and cold it's it, it's a little counterintuitive that cold water means that it absorbs more co2 usually you think well if it's if it's hot water it'll dissolve more sugar right. or salt that's right. true but not it's just the opposite with co2 that cold water absorbs a lot more co2 and hot water expels it. You can do that. Again, we can do a little experiment. We did one early with the ice in the glass. Get a liter jar of ginger ale and pull it out of your your, your refrigerator and open it up. What's it do? Because now take it. It's hot in Texas right now. Now put oh, yeah. it put it out on your patio. Let it sit there for three hours and open it up. What's going to happen? You know what's going to happen. Boom. It'll be like a volcano. And that's because the CO2 that's in that ginger ale is being expelled by that the warm the warm fluid in there, and we see that. So when it warms up uh, during the inter what we call interglacial periods, like we're in right now, uh, with the warmth welcoming warmth of this interglacial period, and so when the oceans warm up, they expel CO2. So CO2 levels historically have been driven by temperature, not temperature being driven by CO2. That's, that, there's nobody that can dispute that. That's just a fact. But they're saying, oh, well, yeah. Now, and I will say that the CO2 we've seen over the last, well, really since the mid 20th century, the ma- majority of that increase is coming from fossil fuel burning. A small amount, five or 6% from cement manufacture, but it's mainly burning of fossil fuels. And again, I'm okay with that because I love CO2. If you look in the back of my SUV, I got a big bumper sticker that says, I heart CO2. And I, I was at the gym this morning wearing my I heart CO2 t-shirt. Uh, it, it it encourages lots of interesting conversations.
1: I'm going to have to get one just, just for the sake of having the conversation because I got to tell you something. It's This is, you know, one of the things I liked about your slides, you didn't argue that the fact that, yeah, we're heating up some. You didn't argue about the fact that some of it's man-made. Um, nobody's in disagreement. We don't want polluting skies. We don't want dirty water. And I think things are being put into place to prevent the pollution. Um, it's a matter of how much is too much. And from everything I've read thus far, we're a long ways away from having too much. Is that correct?
2: Oh, absolutely. And at this rate, it would take, I mean, yeah, we might get to 500 parts per million, maybe 600, maybe in a couple of centuries, but, but again there's nothing detrimental to having a lot of CO2 in the atmosphere, not until you get to, to a lot higher than it's, been. if we look in the past, we maxed out early in earth's history with about 8,000 parts per million. Again, that's what 20 times what we have today right. um, and life and life and plants flourished. Uh, the big picture here in earth's history geologically is that great events occurred at different times in earth's history that, sucked huge amounts of CO2 out of the atmosphere. And, and it's called sequestration. they sequestered it in the rocks, for example, uh, during the Carboniferous period. It was called the Carboniferous period for a reason because those were the parts of the old coal swamps. Just huge coal reserves. Most of the coal reserves we're exploiting today were formed during this period. And it was, it, it, I, as a scientist, I find it's interesting that the woody plants and trees evolved And it was only until I think about 80 or 90 million years after trees evolved that white fungus rot evolved to actually consume the wood. So there was all this wood being consumed for tens of millions of years and nothing rotted it up. You can't have, if you, if you down a tree right now in a swamp, it's gone within, you know, nine months, it's, it's, it's rotted and gone. Well, I thought
1: we yeah, we got to take a quick break. Then right. We'll come back and wrap the show. All right, folks, we're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey with our special guest, Greg Wrightstone of the CO2 Coalition and author of Inconvenient Facts. We'll be right back.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
4: and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
5: Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award winning, powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to the Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
0: To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge.
1: All right, folks, welcome back to the final segment of the podcast. We do have Mr. Greg Wrightstone of the CO2 Coalition and author of his book, Inconvenient Facts. Now, Greg, one of the things that I started noticing about a year and a half ago um is several organizations that are, we have what I call the three legs of a energy tripod that have really been a, it was an attacking coal at first. And then it's starting with with gas as well. And that was first the people from the Paris Accord, then they started getting insurance companies involved that says, well, we don't want to insure them anymore. Then you've got the finance companies, that don't want to finance it. Now you've got municipalities going after energy companies saying, well, you knew about global warming and you should pay all these damages. So it's a full frontal attack that's going on. What is your organization doing in terms of trying to get the word out in terms of work on Capitol Hill? And I'm talking in terms of I've seen you work with, with what you've done for the state of Pennsylvania, but I'm talking specifically the U.S.
2: Congress. And well, we're getting, we're we're making some traction. I made a couple of hires recently. Uh, Just hired a new VP of operations. He was in the Trump administration at Interior with lots of connections on Capitol Hill. Uh, We'll be meeting with them, hopefully some senior staffers Uh, next week. uh, We have people on Capitol Hill coming to us for our knowledge and advice, which is a a powerful tool. Uh, Yeah, we're working right now in Pennsylvania. The uh, Democrat governor is trying to impose the regional greenhouse gas initiative. Uh, I'm having some fun. He he's got a list of about ten justifications for why Pennsylvania needs to do this, and they're so all your, your
1: billboards probably really getting in his side right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, good. I want to give him some more hard burning. I'm not. I'm only starting. So we and we are only starting at the CO2 Coalition. So it's it's kind of fun because it was so easy to debunk. He said, "Well, flooding's increasing, precipitation's increasing, and flooding's increasing." So I went back and I looked at. Six rivers in Pennsylvania, and I looked at the flooding data back to eighteen fifty-eight or whatever, eighteen eighty, whatever, for each one to show. That, no, it's not. You're, you're just, stuff. You're lying. You're making stuff up. And, and I went through. And he's got all these other things that he's saying. And I took. I took the facts and the data. So we're. I'll be testifying at a hearing there next week, and we're holding a press conference in the rotunda of the Capitol, and we want to do this in other states as well. This is kind of a we're using this as a template for what could be done uh, across the nation and the states that were they're trying to do stupid things, and we can use the science and our scientists here uh, to use to use the scientific method to dispute what they're trying to do. And I'm I'm calling for the Pennsylvania governor. I'm saying follow the science. Uh, don't don't listen to this climate misinformation you're being told. Uh, so yeah, and if you want to. The CO2 Coalition is—I like to think of it as the tip of the spear when it comes to promoting uh, the climate science that goes against this notion of man-made catastrophic warming. We're we're being very effective, we're, um, and I want to be more effective. And, and if your if you, your listeners want to do something, they're probably going, "Wow, what is there we can do?" Oh, there's a I need some help. The CO2 Coalition needs some help. There's more that I want to do. I'd like to put up some billboards in Texas uh, promoting our ideas. But I I need to hire more people, too, but it takes money. Um, Go to the CO2 Coalition. There's a donate button there. And I'll tell you what I'll do. For everybody on your show today, if you donate to the CO2 Coalition, you heard about my book, Inconvenient Facts, I'll send you a personalized signed copy of that book if you you donate before July 25th. There you go. It's a great uh, offer. There you go. You want the book? You're interested? I'll sign it. You know, if, if it's Pam and, uh, Corpus Christi that's listening right now, it'll go Pam, you know, thanks for, thanks for your help. Thanks for your support. And we'll mail it out to you and you'll have it there. So get, get us a check or, or online donation by July 20th, excuse me, June 25th, June 25th. Um, uh, then, uh, we'll get you that personalized signed copy of the book. Now here's a question. Cool. iHeart CO2 stickers.
1: I see that I'm going to have to get, I'm going to have to get one of your t-shirts for for sure, because uh, I want to have those conversations. Send
2: me me an email. I need the size. I don't want to call you out here online. (laughs) I'll I'll send you one. Sure.
1: I don't want, you know, this is one of those conversations yet. I'm a very investigative type person. I want to go through and it's, it's, it's led from, the Paris Accord and what was happening with coal and what's happening with, because we cover energy a lot, what's happening with infrastructure. And all this stuff is tied together. Uh, Reduction of our coal, reduction of our our gas, which makes America energy independent, a rise of of other non-reliable sources here. This is some pretty dangerous stuff. Um, Have you ever worried about somebody coming up and plucking a hair out of your head, you know, because they don't like what you're saying?
2: Yeah, but I can't. Uh, I know others in our group have had death threats. Mm-hmm. Um, I get I get a few of those. I, I, I blow them off. Um, but I'm such a nice guy. How can anybody <laughs> dislike me? You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty lovable. And, I can assure you there's a lot of snowflakes that you have melted
1: today with the fact telling them they're not going to die by 2030, which well, is just an incredible lie that's out there. That's just it's got to stop. It's got. Yeah. Stop. Uh,
2: well, if I'm not if I'm not angering them, I'm not doing my job. And, um, I, I'm just, all I'm doing is providing, providing the science and, and that's my mission. That's what I want to do. And, and that's why I, I joined the CO2 coalition. Um, and, and, you know, I've, I've done more than 400 radio and TV interviews here in the last oh, six months or so I was doing five and six a day. Um, and now all the big ones, Laura Ingram, um, Tucker, uh, Dar- now Darren Yancey, you know, uh, and, you know, um, this, this has got to be the apex of all those interviews. Hey, uh, I tell you what, I've it's, certainly it's, I'm just enjoyed so it. enthused. What's that? I said, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> yeah. And it, but it's, but again, people want to know what they can do. You can again, go to the CO2 coalition and we're, uh, we'll, we'll we we will I will spend your money well because we're we are we are being very very effective at, at communication and getting this message out there. And I'll tell you what i are going to continue doing that.
1: I like the fact that your organization is out front. I like the fact that you're fearless and and most importantly, I like the fact that you're putting out the truth. When realistically, there is there's no other organization I'm finding that's willing to put that out. You could say. I don't want to say NASA's putting it out. I mean, they put out some facts about greening, but they're not certainly promoting it. Um, And I think this is what we have to have because we're talking about trillions in infrastructure. We're talking about changing the way we have energy in America. We're talking about basically giving away our energy independence. All these things in the name of getting rid of CO2. And at the same time, people don't understand if they really do that. We have a major problem in existing on this planet if they reach these goals. That's another thing. How, how does anybody even get to that, have that conversation? So the fact that you've come on our show and shared it with us uh, is wonderful. And do you have any events coming up, uh, any type of um, lectures or anything you're going to be putting on either one of your sites that people can uh,
2: well, enroll Well, we've, we've we have a lot of things planned. Uh, I'll be doing weekly live uh, Facebook uh, broadcasts. Okay. I'll be interviewing top uh, scientists about, about the science. We're trying to make it interesting and not dry, uh, and, and, uh, but we'll be doing that. We're, we're really just taking off here at the co I mean, the, the CO2 coalition has been around for 20, since 2015, um, and we, we did lots of publications and we'll continue to do that, science-based publications. Uh, but we're adding to this repertoire, really communication to the public and com- communicating to the Joe and Jane on the street
1: well, I tell you what, it's been a pleasure having you on the show again, folks. Go to their site, co2coalition.org, get involved, donate, be a part of the cause. You can go to his site, inconvenientfacts.xyz, to get the book. And as long as you will make a contribution before the 25th of June, Greg's going to send you a hand signed book. It's been a pleasure delivering this message to you today. It's been uh, hopefully educational, informative, and always entertaining. Thank you for being a part of the Information Edge Podcast. We'll be back next week with another message. Thank you. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then.